back to Home Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 collected episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2000 AD thrills and storylines in one place so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're an excellent accompaniment to reading the 2000 AD collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. This week, we're getting our asses to Mars with the ABC Warriors. Specifically, the first adventures of the Magnificent Seven, running from progs 119 to 139. With Pat Mills as the script droid for the entire series, the Art Robots is a rogues galleries of awesome early 2080 artists. Primarily Kev O'Neill and Brendan McCarthy, but also Mick McMahon, Dave Gibbons, and Carlos Escara, who draws as, as a Long John Silver. The lettering droids are Steve Potter and Pete Knight, as well as a bit from Dave Gibbons. The stories are, collect- are collected in the ABC Warriors The Mech Files 1 in digital and digital and hardback from Rebellion or your favorite bookseller. Uh, see the show notes for links to buying it. So Atomic, bacterial, and chemical. These are the situations that the ABC Warriors can survive and fight in. (laughs) I'm a huge ABC Warriors fan. Uh, It combines four of my favorite things and assembling the team sequence. You know, whether it's the Seven Samurai, Ocean's Eleven, or Inglorious Bastards, I love uh, when the start of something is just just putting together a team and explaining why each team member is awesome. Too, there's just great action, great and varied, you know, just... From the war scenes against Volgans to scary monster action to, you know, giant robots rampaging through the countryside. The action ABC Warriors is fantastic. Also, ABC Warriors is full of larger connections to the greater 2000 AD universe. They don't make a huge deal about it, but like... Uh, ABC Warriors starts with Hammerstein, Joe Pineapples, and Happy Shrapnel fighting the Volgans, who are the baddies from Invasion, of course, linking those two stories. We also get Golgotha, the son of Satanus, which links ABC Warriors both to Flesh Book 1 and to Judge Dredd. Um, and, of course, that brings me to the fourth thing, which is that, yes, this story does have dinosaurs, and those dinosaurs are awesome. Aw, yeah. <laughs> So when you're listening to our coverage and reading the comics, I'd suggest you keep a lookout for the different kinds of stories that are told in the course of ABC Warriors. The the series is incredibly episodic, and episodes can vary wildly in terms of tone and content as well as artists. Also, if you've read other ABC Warriors adventures that come after the point we are in, in the progs, I think it's interesting just to look if you can see if you can pick up any seeds about where these characters will eventually end up years later. There's some stuff there, but I'd say not as many, not as much as you might think. Um, also, I should warn you that the audio for these episodes is a bit more messed up than usual. We just had some strange audio set. I had some strange audio settings set when we were recording these episodes, and I can't figure out how to fix it. So please bear with me on that count, and I apologize, of course. So here we go. ABC Warriors, spread the word. Episode 34, Prog 119. June 1979. Thrill 8 ABC Warriors. Oh, yeah. Joe Pineapples is so far my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Script robot Pat Mills. Art robot Kevin O'Neill. Lettering robot Pete Knight. Yeah, so the atomic, bacterial, and chemical warriors have arrived. Spread the word. 
They're crazy. They're ready to kill other robots, especially Volgon robots. That's right. Um, so this is basically a, it's a prequel to robot to Robusters. It takes place after what, those Hammerstein memories that we saw in previous episodes, but before the actual Robusters starts. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're it's still the Volgan War, but at this point, it's robot versus robot. Like both sides have replaced all their human troops. Uh, Hammerstein leads a squad of other robots, including Joe Pineapples, who <laughs> speaks in letter-number combinations and uses the uh, balls bazooka because it, when it hits, it turns into balls, basically. <laughs> like Not beach shoots ba- people beach, beach in balls, the nuts. basically. I mean, yes. it could do, you you could do both. <laughs> there is Happy Shrapnel, who is a robot that is basically a, a country prospector type. Like this golden damn hills, make it. And shooting. also, don't you make fun of my boots just because there's human parts what are still in them? Yep, shooting his pistols in the air with a big oh, robot beard. It's great. As well as some more like generic soldiers, basically. Yeah, they're just rookies who are red shirts, which horrifically die later. My my theory is that all robots start off as these blank robots, and then as time goes by, they get sort of random spare part upgrades and stuff, which means yeah. that they eventually evolve into their own look and personalities the way that Joe Pineapples, Hammerstein, and uh, Happy Shrapnel are. You salvage the parts of those who have fallen in order to honor the dead. Exactly, and over time, it means that you just sort of get your own distinctive robot look. Hell yeah, man. Robots rock. And then personality and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. all the ABC warriors are controlled by human officers who stay way in the back and command through, like, sensor helmets and VR rigs, basically. Yeah, and they're basically super douchebags. They're, like, they're um, upper crust, like, like fops, basically. They, like, drink champagne and call each each other uh, weird nicknames and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... Oh, we'll take the fort first. Oh, no, you won't. Not if I have anything to say about it. Let me send my robots faster. Yeah, they're all Hugh Laurie and Blackadder, basically. Mm-hmm. But so, whatever. Hammerstein, like, the, the robots fight through. After a big victory, a young robot soldier dies heroically but futilely. And Hammerstein... And horrifically. Yeah, melted by gas. Hammerstein uh. sends the dying robot's pain back up the line to his commanding officer, instantly killing the human. Which is awesome. Yeah. It looks like a freak accident, but this obviously evil officer human guy is less sure... <laughs> and thinks that Hammerstein might just be the leader he's looking for. Next time, retreat from Volgau. Have you, did you see the symbol on his hat? It's two arrows going horizontally either way, and then an, a regular question mark and an upside-down question mark, which, I mean, that's an evil symbol if I've ever seen one. Yeah, no, this guy's super evil. It's good. Plus his face is all, like, wrinkly evil, and he's got snake eyes. Totally. Episode 36. Progs 120 to 123, July 1979. Drill 3 ABC Warriors! ABC Warriors! ABC Warriors! It's awesome. Like, the art is beautiful and the robots are cool and, like, things explode and it's awesome. Yes. The script robots Pat Mills. The art robots are Brendan McCarthy, Mike McMahon, and Kev O'Neill. The lettering robot is Pete, is Peter Knight. 
this first page is exactly why you should read AMC. yeah so the so we, we open with Vogon robots continuing to do a retreat ahead of the abc warriors and there's this awesome splash page of like the retreat to volgaska it's called and it's just a bunch of like defeated robots and some of them are like riding horses and other of them are like whipping human slaves forcing the humans to drag tanks through like this icy environment and stuff yeah, you're looking ruined it just it looks extremely awesome meanwhile the a the abc warriors themselves are just chilling out in like a chateau de vogue basically yep their new obviously evil officer decides it's time for a test words come six <laughs> Stop t don't insult me like you joe pineapples buddy <laughs> love i love joe pineapples so um word comes down that the old guard of the vulgan war droids the ones that were decommissioned for being too kill crazy have been brought back online and are headed for the warriors unless our tanks stop them so and so of course yeah so of course the commander pulls back the tanks causing a confrontation the old guard are super awesome. They're led by old Horny, who's this robot uh, that's basically 100% horns and chainmail. Like, that's all he is. He's got a cool electro sword. Totally. Why on earth, Conrad, would this weird guy, General, pull out these tanks? He wants to see what the ABC warriors can do if Hammerstein's the kind of ruthless, kick-ass commander that he needs for this secret mission that he's got. Oh, that's awesome. Buddy, he is. <laughs> he kind of beats the crap out of everybody. They fight everybody off. Joe Pineapples kills a bunch of dudes never once getting out of the bathtub. His that's head not hard. even attached to his shoulders. He was upset about having his bath time disrupted. Hey, quack quack, folks. Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, Hammerstein himself kills old Horny, stabbing him right in the face with a power sword, and he's passed the test. Now, it's time to recruit more members for his uh, elite team for this secret mission, starting with Mongrel! Which I was not excited about, given his design on that first splash page. He gets more and more awesome as the comic goes on and like actually takes on an effect, and his character is amazing. Oh, I disagree. I love Mongrel from the start, man. He's this big, kind of round, gorilla-shaped guy full of non-matching parts with a big chain coming off of his chin. It's pretty great. Like, I, I just, I really love his story, Conrad. It's true. Yeah, it's awesome, man. We, we start off with Mongrel basically kill crazy like fighting off like friend friendly troops as hammerstein joe pineapples and happy shrapnel head over to him and then we get a flashback and we learn that mongrel was a ba robo paratrooper that crashed during an assault on the city of zarnheim um in the crash only his head survived I guess they skimped on everything other than their heads. It's true, yeah, I guess so. And it was picked up by a beautiful battle comer, which is a scavenger of parts on the battlefield named Lara. She took pity on Mongrel's still animate head and built him a body out of scrap, but it couldn't move without a jump start, which was only provided once they gave him over to the Volgs and they used electroshock to torture him for troop information. But what happened to Lara? Well, Mongrel lives and basically kills his way out of the Volgon encampment and then kills his way to Lara's house. But it turns out that after they gave 
uh, mongrel over to the Volgans. The Volgans killed them. Yeah, with like friggin' jerks. Yeah, now she's been killed by the Volgs, and Mongrel has a scarred mind and is killed crazy, as I mentioned before. Can he be tamed? Laura! Exactly. The the third proc is kind of quick to describe because it's mostly badass robot fighting action. Uh, yeah, you just need to read it because you should read it. Basically, Hammerstein and Mongrel fight a bunch until suddenly they're attacked by Mongrel, but, but sorry, by a Volgon commandos, and it's time for super fighting. And then the ghost of Lara is like, "Avenge me!" It's true. Mongrel kills like a thousand Volgons. <laughs> but is about to be smashed by two Volgon like tanks or bulldozers or something and only quick thinking by Hammerstein pulling him away saves him uh, yeah, he him a boon. Yeah, because of this the two become uneasy buddies and the four ABC warriors are off to find their next member god damn deadlock my favorite character so far <laughs> So, okay, let me if set... If you notice, he speaks, and all of the other deadlocks speak like humans. Their let bubbles me... are not, um, yeah. like, whatever. No, they got their own thing. So let me set the scene here, Fox. Okay. The Watchtower is a fortress satellite and home to the Order of the Knights Marshal, a bunch of badass robot warriors. They're basically uh, the Dark Angels chapter of, the sp- of uh, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marines. So awesome. And are the coolest... Their leader is uh, dealing tarot cards as the base is hit by a meteor and the satellite falls to Earth as fate intended. There's just a big, there's an awesome picture of just this satellite being hit by a by a meteor and the whole thing falling to Earth and a huge word bubble that just says, The cards never lie! Dude, and like the city looks like the Crystal City and it's on this goddamn claw flying satellite awesome super suit it's great real talk the first time i read this comic uh that page was my facebook cover for like for like five months i can understand why <laughs> it looks amazing it's one of my favorite robotum yeah there's just these huge uh banners and it says that say like pax robotum and stuff it's really arresting and it's one of my favorite early 2000 ad images like overall Someone saw this in their head, and they were, when they were thinking of who, they were like pitching what robots around a table, and they were like, "Oh, well, that one." Well, like, I mean, this is the same art. St- I mean, again, this is one of these things where you really see the influence. I mean, you know, again, I've I'm, I've been a big uh, Warhammer fan, and this is where you really see um, we really see the influence of 2000 AD on what Warhammer will become, on especially Definitely. Warhammer 40K. And because this stuff is written but is drawn by Kev O'Neill, this is also where Nemesis the War. This is like the second part of the genesis of a Nemesis the Warlock, basically, if you ask me. Dude. Um. So. <laughs> The ABC Warriors and a bunch of Volgon fighters both move to converge on this crashed base, the uh, the satellite of the Order of the Knights Marshal. Hammerstein explains that the Knights Marshal are the ultimate ABC Warriors. They're so awesome, they've developed sweet mental powers, which is crazy because they don't even have like brains, they're just robots. Uh- <laughs> Dude, it's the hours of meditation that they've done. Mm-hmm. And because of their trustworthiness and discipline, they are in charge of documenting Volgon war crimes and executing Volgon war criminals. 
Which is awesome. Yeah. They just hang them. Totally, yeah. The warriors arrive to find the fallen watchtower under attack and the knights fighting them with guns and swords. And as the drawbridge comes down, they're like, someone mentions, like, oh, they're giving up. Nope. It's just Deadlock riding out on a massive, like, gun motorcycle with a mace in one hand and a sword in the other. It says repent on the front of the, of the uh, it, it's got a hover cycle. It's got a cool shield on it. It says repent. Oh, it's so good. It's, oh, it's- man. Awesome. <laughs> in the end, the, uh, Knights, the, the Knights Marshal are victorious, and the captured Volgon general is tr- tried and executed by the Knights. Hammerstein tries to recruit Deadlock, and Deadlock agrees on one condition, that two of them must duel. If Hammerstein wins, Deadlock will join. If he loses, then Hammerstein dies. Which, you know, I mean, like, really? Next Prague, see the secret powers of Deadlock. I mean, like, does he really want to kill Hammerstein? Yeah. That's just... Well, we're going to... I mean, honestly, when we learn the secret powers of, of Hammerstein, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more of it. But, like, you know, these guys are powered by, like, black magic and chaos and stuff. It's pretty cool, honestly. All right. But I it's, mean, look, I'm bought in. Yeah, but I'm it's not... big time. It's real cool, but it's also kind of dangerous. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, what's a little bit of killing? Hey, s- small price to pay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Episode 37. Progs 124 to 127, August 1979. Thrill 3, ABC Warriors. Atomic Bacterial Chemical Warriors! Script robot for ABC Warriors is Pat Mills. Art robots are Brett Ewings and Mike McMahon. Like, there's just a crazy amount of artists involved in this first ABC Warriors story. And they look beautiful. You guys did amazing art. It's a... Yeah. Cool. The letter robots, Peter Knight. But so, the duel we left with a uh, Hammerstein trying to recruit the Mystic Knight robot uh, Deadlock into the ABC Warriors, mm-hmm. and so they're having a duel to decide it. The duel is on, and it is awesome. Oh, it's it's motorcycles. Yeah, it's it's jousting. Yeah. Well, before the fight, they both draw cards. Hammerstein gets the Ten of Swords, which shows a robot being killed by a ton of swords, and and Deadlock gets the Ace of Swords, which is very cool. And also, both of these cards, ominous. Remember them later. Oh yes. So they joust on hover bikes and then go hand to hand as they fight. Like Deadlock's body, like comes apart to dodge sword blows and stuff, which is pretty which awesome. Is pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And. And his uh, uh, Hammerstein's other buddies have been drugged with uh, with bad oil. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. So Deadlock explains the Knights Marshal have discovered the secrets of death and through it a dark path to chaos, which is chaos with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives them crazy magical powers, basically. I.e., more and more, this is Warhammer 40k, and I love it. <laughs> it's it, don't get me started. Um, so with a magical strike, Deadlock defeats Hammerstein. Meanwhile, in his sleep, Mongrel hears the voice of Laura and comes awake and starts wrecking shop and wakes up the others. I love that she keeps coming back as his inspiration to Hulk out. Yeah, totally. So as, as the bots go to free Hammerstein, the knights are doing a ritual on him, inserting 12 swords into his body, as the card says. Mm-hmm. At the last minute, 
Um, however, Hammerstein grabs one of the swords and holds it to Deadlock's throat, and this sword is actually the Ace of Swords. Oh, snap! The Ace of Swords! Exactly. It restores Hammerstein's life energy and forces Deadlock to join the team, and they're off to get their next member, the evil General Black Blood. And things get really intense. Uh, I'd rather die than fight alongside that scum. Yeah, well, mostly because the opening scene, of course, is a bunch of daddy long legs Vogue cannon machines that are yeah. like, oh, look, there's a school full of children. Explode. Yeah, smash cut to the island of Bougainville off the coast of Papua New Guinea where futuristic kids are being taught that they are the future. Now the Vogan war is ending by young Miss Sweet, but suddenly the Vogons attack. They explode the school. Yeah, like Fox said, they're all coming in on these daddy long-legs walkers, which are these big three-legged, like, long-legged, like, walking things. And then there's a bunch of uh, gorilla fighter robots, the Straw Dogs, who are covered in palm fronds and otherwise basically just, like, teeth and guns. Yep. It's really like Mike McMahon at his most Mike McMahon, honestly. <laughs> um... Their leader is General Blackblood, and he's, like, covered in, like, medals and ipulets and hisses all the time, and he's just super evil. And he drinks the, the blood of his fallen robot enemies, or oil of exactly. oil and blood. Yeah. So the mission is for Joe Pineapples to shoot Blackblood in the heart with a sniper rifle. A1. Then he'll be reprogrammed as a good guy. But first they have to fight him. N and V. <laughs> yeah, null and void, buddy. Dude, I love Joe Pineapples. <laughs> the ABCs kill their way through the tun through the jungle. Gotta kill through the jungle. Picking up Miss Sweet along the way. But Black Blood and the Straw Dogs are experts in jungle camouflage, and they could be anywhere. So, the Warriors are fighting. So, next prog, the Warriors are fighting through the jungle as Miss Sweet complains the whole way. Eventually, it ends up with a hostage situation with one of the school kids and Black Blood. And Joe Pineapples, the best sniper in the world does the old uh, shoot through the kid's armpit trick to shoot Black Blood in the heart. Yep. And he's beaten. Now they got to take so, him back to HQ and de-evil him. So what I love about this prog, because we're, we're one away from the end, uh -huh. is, the, is the color spread for yeah. this one, where it just shows all the ABC warriors all gathered around Miss Sweet, and it's just, you know, deadlock with a cool sword, smashing a dude in the face... Hammerstein with a rocket launcher. Um, the big guy who I'm forgetting is Mongrel. Name. Mongrel. Just like, bro, I'm going to smush things. Joe Pineapple's lasering stuff. And uh, and the cowboy one. Uh, I'm really bad at names. <laughs> uh, Happy Shrapnel. Oh, that's right. Happy Shrapnel. And he's just shooting his laser pistols. It's good. It's really good. This all this ABC Warriors stuff seems like everybody working on their top form. Honestly, everything's real good. Everyone's excited to uh, make ABC Warriors. It seems like it, honestly. It's like the new sweetheart, and I love it so yeah. much. Especially when we get introduced to our final ABC Warriors. Yeah. So the Volgon War has ended with the death of Marshal Volgod at the hands of badass, indestructible robot Steelhorn, who's all gem skin with horns and a huge axe. And he can't be destroyed. No, he's invulnerable. As the uh, as the since the war's ended, he's become pa a pacifist. And despite Hammerstein's best effort to kick his ass back into fighting, Steelhorn refuses. Yeah, he's like, look, dude, things are cool now. I'm, uh, I want to be a fireman. I won the war with my own two fists. All right. Yeah. 
Um, so he, yeah, he, he goes to the official D-Mob camp to turn in his weapons and to live his dream of being a fireman. But in fact, the whole D-Mob camp is a trap because the humans don't want these robots lording it over everybody after the war. So instead, they're melting them all down. Even Steelhorn's indestructible body eventually succumbs to the flames. Or so everybody thinks. But Hammerstein gets an emotional spider sense. Yeah, he, go, he, had, he had abandoned um, Steelhorn, but he goes back to check. From the melting vat comes a giant animated mess. All it knows is hate as the real animated, uh, as the reanimated body of Steelhorn advances to kill all humans. Oh yeah, man. I mean, ne- I would. <laughs> Next episode, Revenge of the Mess. Which is a really great name for a brag. Yeah, well, that's the name of this guy, the Mess. Really? Yeah. They just put him in. I mean, I don't want to spoil you for two episodes from now. They just put him in a jar, and he kind of carry him around. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah, I was. I was hoping that he actually becomes an ABC warrior. Oh yeah, with him being a a goo. Definitely, this is the seventh. This is the final member for sure. We're about ABC warriors are shaping up to be so good. We're basically one month away from finding out why they're actually assembling this team. (laughs) You know, Lord. (laughs) Still. Yeah, we don't know. I, no, I mean, I, it's like, if it's if next month does not answer some questions... No, no, it does. After, right. Or, I mean, not next month, because next month we're doing the Dandare Annual, or, or next episode, uh, we're doing the Dandare Annual. Stop. But after that, they start answering questions. <laughs> I was just going to say, if I had to wait any longer, it'd be a little bit of uh, overkill. Ah. Episode 39, Progs 128 to 132. September 1979. Thrill 3 ABC Warriors! ABC Warriors! ABC Warriors! So, script robot for ABC Warriors is Pat Mills. Art robots are Brendan McCarthy, Mike McMahon, and Dave Gibbons. Basically, everybody in the 2080s stable, it seems like, draws, a- draws a ABC Warriors at least once. <laughs> Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> lettering robots are John Aldrich, Tom Knight, and Dave Gibbons. So yeah, the mess! Oh, uh, snap! He's gonna eat you up! Yeah. Steelhorn the robot's undestroyable body has been melted down into a living murderous sludge and is awesome. It, yeah, it's gonna kill all the things. It basically wanders the D-Mob camp, uh, murdering every human it comes across. Luckily, I deserve it. Hey, I can't disagree. Luckily, Hammerstein has come back to check things out, and he finds the mess's swath of carnage. Uh, Hammerstein also learns the truth about the D-Mob camp and starts to go berserk himself. When he, <laughs> of course. When he meets the mess, and the mess ends up hiding in the super hot barrel of Hammerstein's gun because it needs to be because like it's uh, it can only move because it's super hot, and if it starts to cool down, then it'll die basically. So. The mess joins the team, and he's now contained in a vacuum flask that help him maintain his temperature and becomes Mongrel's buddy. <laughs> yeah, like almost immediately, because Mongrel magically understands exactly what he's saying because Mongrel used to just grunt to say stuff. But yeah. anyway, they're buddies now. Totally. They're going to get soft tacos later. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, we should get soft. Damn it. All right. Uh- <laughs> Dude, I want soft tacos. <laughs> so, the, so, um... But now the mysterious officer who's been giving the team missions appears or sort of telling Hammerstein who to recruit. 
Um, now that the team is fully recruited, it's time for their true mission. Deadlock knows what it is because he's drawn the devil card from his tarot deck. That's right. They're going to Mars, the devil planet. Oh, snap. And finally, we also see a close-up of the commander dude, and he is not looking great. Yeah, he's weird. He's, like, very beat up for sure. But this story looking like maybe a definitely evil guy. He's not a good guy. He, he's definitely got all the looks of a bad guy for sure. <laughs> right, green skin, boils, snake eyes. <laughs> so this story opens with a shot of this giant cyber whale swimming through a sand desert as it's being attacked by a giant robot bird, and it's just the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Basically, <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool, and for a reason? Question mark. It's just to sort of give you a sense of, like, this is Mars. Mars is totally awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. That's the best I could I can describe it, you know? That's fucking fair. Because <laughs> if this is Mars, that's where I want to be. I mean, it's just like, oh, going to Mars. What's Mars like? Here's a cyber whale being attacked by a bird plane, buddy. <laughs> Shoot. While people abandon ship and shoot lasers at each other. Yes! God, there's so many. <laughs> Dude, there's so many, like, pictures worthy of being posted. Yes! So, fucking month totally. So the Warriors have been recruited by Free Mars, a group trying to solve all of Mars's problems by having a team of badass robots fix them, which is the best way to fix your problems. I.e. through seriously awesome and cool violence and super awesome, like, stunts and tricks. <laughs> Always. So as their ship arrives, it's forced to make an emergency landing because of a freak storm. Um, as well as their boss, we learn his name, uh, Colonel Lash. And the bots, we learn the ship is full of, like, fresh-faced colonists, columnist, colonists who have trouble breathing the air. I don't know how to say words, buddy. And are... <laughs> been great. They're all editorializing. <laughs> and th what they are is all freaked out when they're confronted by the Humpies, early human yeah, settlers to Mars. <laughs> Yeah, they no, it's, yeah, they're the early settlers of Mars, and they have huge air sacs all over their body, which allow them to go for days on a few mouthfuls of air. While both sides are initially gr grossed out by how by how the others look, which I think is kind of cool, how the uh, how the humpies are yeah. also like ah oh, regular humans, they're gross. Yeah, that's um, really actually kind of good detail. Yeah. Eventually, though, the intervention of Hammerstein quickly puts the differences aside and they work together. Uh, somehow, I doubt the other challenges on Mars will be this easy. Well, they have to, like, make out in order to give them air. Yeah, they gotta, like, do do mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth to each other, which is like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Alright. Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> There's a, bi the big, <laughs> a big industry on Mars is ranching soya cattle, which appear which, to be... They appear to be robots that look like cows, but are actually like mini factories that process soy f soy plants into tofu steaks, essentially. Um, Yay! We, we open with a flesh style commercial for them, which I think was kind of like funny. It. Um, but the ranchers need more land, and the best place for them to get more land for their uh, soy cow soya cows is on the reservation of the Cyboons. Who are these? Which, yeah, the Cyboons are these big uh, gorilla Sasquatch, big green gorilla Sasquatch monsters. 
they were brought in to do the initial colonizing of Mars, and then now they live on like reservations around the around the planet. They're elite. I mean, okay. What did they do? Like, <laughs> I think they just like maybe like broke a bunch of rocks or did a bunch of you know just did grunt work or something. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Their leader, Old Bedlam, shows up and is attacked by ranchers until the ABC's warriors show up. Spread the word! The, uh, oh, yeah, man. The warriors are here to support to support the Cyboons against the ranchers, but Bedlam doesn't want any help. His son, Rumpus, who has sideburns and a very 1970s hair and clothing sensibility, does want their help, but his father won't hear anything of it. Tooth and claw is how they've always won, and how they'll win again. Even yeah, if man. well, because they the the ABC Warriors like offered them guns and shit, and he's just like smacks what's his face. Yeah, he smacks the gun out of happy out of happy shrapnel's hand. Like, no, we don't need guns, tooth and claw. But it's clear they don't stand a chance, especially as the cattlemen are organizing a war party to come exterminate them. Which I guess that's just what you do. Yep. I mean, you know, see American history, I guess. But um, <laughs> next wow. up, in the next prog, the cyburn, the cyboons have changed color to brown instead of green, which is super lame. Um, yep. Rumpus here argues that they should again accept the ABC Warriors' help, but Bedlam says no way. Uh, Rumpus leaves the Cyboon reservation and goes to join the ranchers to become part of modern society and stuff. Oh, but instead, up. instead the ranchers like lynch him. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's it's it gets real dark. <laughs> they just they just hang him and leave him leave his dead body hanging from like a rock formation. Um. <laughs> And let me tell you, doesn't this come to bite them in the ass later? Um, so even if they won't accept help, Hammerstein has a plan to help out the Cyboons. He sends the stealthiest ABC warriors, Deadlock and Blackblood, into the rancher camp at the dead of night. When the fight begins in the morning, things initially look bad for the Cyboons until we learn that all the ranchers' bullets have been replaced by blanks. Tooth and claw! <laughs> Yeah, the and ranchers. Of course, like, well, because like the dad gets like super enraged, and he's like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, totally. The ranchers, seeing the fury of the cyboons that they don't have any weapons, uh, try to escape. But the ABC warriors are guarding their, are standing in their path of, of retreat, being like, "Now, nah, buddy, you're gonna get this massacre." <laughs> the ranchers are like, you can't let these cyboons just kill us. It's inhumane. And the ABC warriors are like, dude, we're robots. We aren't humans. Yeah, man, we don't give a shit. You started the, this. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe don't try to exterminate people, dude. How about that? Ra ra their children. Very rare anti-genocide uh, message in 2000 AD. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the few surviving ranchers stumble out of the Cyboon Reservation covered in like bandages and crutches and eye patches and stuff. The Cyboons have won, and Bedlam has a statement as he looks at the dead body of his son still hanging by a rope from a tree. Humans stink! Spread the word, baby. Hey, fair dues. Um, so yeah, so we, we, we cut now to Viking City, the capital of Free Mars, which is a cool place full of big old buildings and stuff, but it's full of no-good motorcycle punks driving all over the place. Ah, jerks. Yeah, their leader is Hell Kickstart, and he's a master of riding the pyramids of the Martian city, which is they also call Pyromania. 
<laughs> or he was a master until a new rival shows up. Deadlock on his hoverbike. So sick. Yeah, Deadlock calls out Hell Kickstart, and they both drive up the side of the biggest office block in Mars, the Iger Building. Uh, Kickstart tries to copy Deadlock, but goes falling off the side of the building instead. Establishes top bikers. The ABC Warriors kick the uh, the pyromaniacs out of town. Spread the word. <laughs> um, then as they're riding out, they turn into weird corpses. Yeah, as they leave, their bodies start to dissolve until they're just skeletons on the motorcycles. What's going on? It's creepy. At a hospital, a doctor recognizes it as a new plague virus called the Red Death. It's killed all the bikers, and it's a disease caused by feeling fear. If you're afraid, it'll kill you. The doctor seems okay with this, because he's not afraid of whatever. He's like, you know, he's got a computer. The computer will find an antidote, and it'll be fine. Whatever, who cares? Oh, no, there's no antidote! (laughs) And he instantly skeletonizes. (laughs) Anyhow, it's... Yeah, it's up to the ABC Warriors to head out to the source of the virus, Death Valley, and exterminate it somehow. I don't know, they'll use ABC Warrior powers. Next episode, (laughs) only you can destroy it, Hammerstein! Which, yeah, that's kind of cool. Hammerstein's got a hammer on him. Oh, these ABC Warriors, dude, it's so good! (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's, uh, it's pretty great. I, um, from the opening shot, like, ugh... I love these guys. All the Mars stuff is cool. I love the Magnificent Seven. Um, mm-hmm. I love just the weird and varied problems they run into and then solve on Mars and stuff like that. Like, I want more Joe Pineapples, <laughs> goddammit. That's true. We've been very light on, on Joe Pineapples recently. Um, you know, Deadlock's always in danger of taking over ABC Warriors, I think. That's sort of a, a long-standing yeah. problem with the, with the story. He is awesome. Like that's I, the problem. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's tough because it's like, oh, all you guys are awesome, but this guy's what's one guy's super awesome. You know, what's to be done, <laughs> dude? And I mean, that's the problem when you're super super awesome. It's true. Episode forty one, progs one hundred and thirty three to one hundred and thirty six, October nineteen seventy nine. Thrill three, ABC Warriors. So, the Red Death. Oh, guys, killing everybody that's human. Yeah. Oh, wait, I should say, first of all, uh, the script robot for ABC Warriors is Pat Mills. The art robots are Mike McMahon and Carlos Escara, drawing as Long John Silver. Uh, the lettering robot is Pete Knight. Oh, God, the art in this. Yeah. So first off, the red. Yeah. So the Red Death. It's skeletonizing people of the people of Viking City left and right. Only robots are safe, and they've gone straight into a uh, bring out your dead, unclean, unclean mode. Oh yeah, they are throwing people into the back of a wagon pulled by a weird ostrich monster. Y- yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, the nearby Death Valley, the Magnificent Seven, are investigating the plague. They come across a car with a dead couple in it, and Deadlock can sense the evil of the plague nearby. At this point, they are confronted by a kid, Little Johnny, seemingly the son of the dead couple in the car. He's been building sandcastles and stuff. What a weirdo. Yep. Up until this point, 
Um, the robots have all been safe from the Red Death because they don't feel fear. But as they talk to little Johnny, a sandstorm kicks up and Mongrel starts hallucinating. He thinks Laura is alive and in danger and his body starts to deteriorate. And the same thing happens with Hammerstein worrying about little Johnny's safety. The oh my robots, God. Yeah, the robots can feel fear for others and that makes them vulnerable to the Red Death. So says Deadlock! Deadlock puts it together that little Johnny is the virus incarnate, a living personification of it. But how do we deal with this problem, Conrad? To save Mars, we must kill this little kid. <laughs> <laughs> so here, Hammerstein, take the, the Ace of Swords and fucking murder this child. Hammerstein's hesitant about doing it until little Johnny goes full Linda Blair exorcist on him. You can't kill me. Yours too soft. I'll kill all of Mars. But Hammerstein is not soft and he cuts that kid in half. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, okay, so in the shot, which is fucking crazy, he's yelling, die alien spawn. And, like, a swinging down as the, the kid's screaming. Underneath him, you can see a leg kicking up and wiggling in its throes of death as Deadlock watches on, like, I'm proud of you, Hammerstein. Good the death of Johnny is just barely off screen. <laughs> yes. It is, uh, it is not... It's not shy with what it's mm -hmm. fucking doing yeah. here. So when little Johnny dies, he turns into a throbbing white slime and disappears into the sand. The Red Death has been beaten. It's turned into spooge. Yeah, spread the word. So, hey, Fox. <laughs> hey, Fox, buddy. Yeah. Do you remember a certain 2000 AD thrill called Flesh? Oh, I mean, fuck yes, of course I do. It is my all-time favorite thrill. Do you remember the bad guy from Flesh? Uh, old One-Eye, the hag T-Rex? You mean the most magnificent monster ever created on the pages of a comic book? 2080's strongest female character to date. Stuff, uh, dude. <laughs> um, do you remember Old, old One-Eye's son, Satanish? which was cloned from ancient times and brought back to life in the future, eventually threatening Judge Dredd upon the, uh, during the Cursed Earth saga? Of course. Like, he just, like, wrecked havoc. He swung uh, that... Was it Judge Pepper? Around? No, it was another judge. No, judge Jack. Yeah. It was Judge Jack, and he was just, like, whipping him around on a chain, like, I'm gonna eat this judge, and just, like, murdering all sorts. Yeah, I remember him. He's yeah. Cool. Well, okay, Sat uh, Satanus had a son, Golgotha. Oh, my God. Do you know what? No. Yeah, I oh. was going to say, do you know what that means, Conrad? It means Palace of Skulls. Oh, yeah. And you know why it's important? Why is <laughs> because, that? Because Golgotha is now a riding T-Rex for Mike Molasses, a hunt leader, an heir to a Martian shipping line. He rides the heavily armored Golgotha while running down and hunting human beings for sport on the on Damnation Isle in the far south of Mars. Which, uh, I recall like bringing that up when I saw it on the map, and I was just like, what? This sounds like a horrible place. It is a horrible place. It is also an awesome place. It's a horrible place if you don't want to be eaten by T-Rexes, but if you think that's awesome, then it's an awesome place. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> so, 
The hunt goes wrong, however. Mike loses control of Golgotha, and Golgotha rallies the other T-Rexes to eat their riders, and then they stomp off to savagely consume the rest of Mars. So now there are these heavily armored, heavily awesome T-Rexes walking around Mars looking for flesh. Heavily armored, heavily awesome sounds like what I want on my tombstone, Fox. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So... Um, they go to the bridge separating the island from the mainland and jump the bridge just as it's raised. Golgotha and his buddies make it across, and they're eating everybody. They're on their way to becoming the lords of Mars. Dude, they jump across the, the, like, bridge as it's, uh, as it's, like, coming up, and just, like, straight up just devour some dudes yeah there's a lot of like arms and legs hanging out of mouths in this by the way it's so good oh. Oh. <laughs> so, so how do we deal with this problem well so the abc warriors are called in uh mike molasses's dad tries to bribe them into not punishing their son for this situation but no dice the, the warriors prepare to hunt down golgotha as deadlock takes mike molasses away and executes him like off screen a little oh. bit, a little bit more. Um, so awesome. The bots will ride the remaining three T Rexes, the lady, <laughs> the lady dinosaurs that are um, Golgotha's mates. Uh, Salome, Jezebel, and Delilah. Salome, yeah, they're all named Salome. after. They're, they're named after evil biblical ladies, basically. <laughs> oh my god. Meanwhile, uh, Mama and Papa Molasses plan revenge against Hammerstein and know just the evil bot to help them out. That's right, General Blackblood. He's still definitely double bad, stupid Volgons. I mean, you know, he only gets so good and retains his knowledge of murderous guerrilla warfare and stuff. So anyhow... Armored T-Rexes are on the loose. They're running amok and eating everything on their path. It's so awesome! Including cars, they're just like, oh, look at these cars. It's like tin cans full of people just ripping open and taste. They cause a huge car crash. They eat a mother and child out out from the inside of their car. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's right. It's just like kid murder in this. Like full on a mom just saying to her kid, like, be brave as they eat you, basically. Yeah, it'll be over soon, Timmy. The, uh, the traffic accident also cuts the power to Viking City. Mm-hmm. Which is the T Rex's last next stop. They don't have any defenses, only the ABC Warriors can help. The Warriors mount their T Rexes and ride out. It's time for T Rex <laughs> combat. Um, they, and they have these really funny chairs. So it's like these these neck bracers that are on these yeah. uh, T Rexes and then ha- like weird seats connected right to them. Yep. It's super goofy looking. Well, I got to say, you have to remember that this is the old school like model of T Rexes, right? Like, you're, oh, yeah. they, these aren't your Jurassic Park even T Rexes where the T Rex is like hunched over, where like its spine is sort of parallel to the ground. Like, mm. these are the old style T Rexes of my youth where the T Rex stands up straight. And like, yeah. is it, their back is perpendicular to the ground. So, 
and he's just sort of standing on these tall tree T-Rexes. Like, ha- the way you strap a saddle onto them is not very... It efi- doesn't look very efficient, you know? No, it looks super goof. But so now it's 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 combat time. Hammerstein and Deadlock fight the T-Rexes from horseback. Mongrel does wrestling moves on the, uh, on the T-Rexes. Spread the word. And um, the mess comes out and just envelops dinosaurs and burning hot metal death basically so awesome it's so awesome soon all the dinosaurs are dead except for golgotha who has escaped having revealed a having received a special signal from his mate delilah so now it's time to chase him into the city uh hey before we go uh can black blood check your what check your guns please hammerstein all right <laughs> <laughs> not weird or suspicious or anything it's the subtlety that i like um so golgotha has arrived at viking city where the city lord of mars city folk instantly start start worshiping him yep grab a blonde lady and start serving serving blonde ladies up to golgotha for him to eat and uh no she does not get saved she straight gets eaten not a lot of it's okay listen People get saved by the ABC Warriors, all right? But people yeah. in peril don't get saved. Like, like, like pers- individual persons don't get saved by the ABC Warriors. <laughs> if, if there's a generalized threat, then the ABC Warriors will protect you. But if you're a specific person, the ABC Warriors will probably not be able to save you, which is kind of realistic, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. There's seven dudes. They're here to make sure not everyone dies. Exactly. So Hammerstein shows up. He's got a bazooka. He's going to take down Golgotha. He goes to shoot it, but oh no, his gun jams. What the F? How does a bazooka jam? But that's all right. Whatever. Something's fucked up. Now he's got to fight Golgotha in melee combat. Tooth Tooth and tail versus club and dagger as the two mighty warriors fight. So awesome! In the end, Hammerstein drives his dagger up through the roof of Golgotha's mouth into his brain, and Golgotha's. Does that stop him? No, Golgotha keeps going. It doesn't stop until his body gets impaled on the spiky top of <laughs> Vikings of a Viking city skyscraper, which causes there just to be like this huge, like six foot metal spike going right through him. That eventually caught. That stop him? And eventually he actually dies from falling off the top of the skyscraper like two miles down basically oh my. and killing five people below him oh yeah definitely definitely lands on some dudes and kills those guys too but this so, is the great grandson of old one eye no he just is the, murderous and nothing can stop him not just, even through the brain or heart just the regular grandson or maybe the grandson who is great oh yeah yeah <laughs> but so so ends golgotha uh Re- Requiace in mortem, as Deadlock says, which uh, means rest in death. Meanwhile, <laughs> Hammerstein starts kicking the crap out of Blackblood for his obvious treachery, rigging, rigging his gun to jam and stuff. Uh, Hammerstein, Hammerstein can't prove it, and thus he can't kill Blackblood out of hand, but Blackblood is on notice for evilness. Is, is it safe to come out, sir? Is Golgotha really dead? Golgotha's defeated. Spread the word. Fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> Spread the word. This is an awesome comic. Next episode, George the Gargantech. 
I'm just going to say this right now. If you don't read the ABC Warriors, you're really missing out. This ABC Warriors story it has been collected a bunch of times. And there's like, you know, there's like a graphic novel for it and stuff like, or a collected edition for it, I should say. It's just the first one, basically. But it's really, it's really worth your time. I mean, like the, the sort of up and the down of the ABC Warriors, of, of this ABC Warriors story specifically, um, mm-hmm. is just that because, or, and I don't know, it's maybe even not like a problem, but it just, because there's so many different authors or artists working on it. Like, I swear, every artist except for Bellardinelli um, in the 2080 um, stable. Like, yeah, Bellardinelli and Brian Bolland are the only guys that we see regularly doing art for 2080 that haven't that don't do a page of The Magnificent Seven. Oh, like, that's interesting. Kev O'Neill, Brett Ewins, Brendan McCarthy, uh, Dave Gibbons, Mike McMahon, Carlos Escara, everybody... Um, does at least a page it's something that like pat mills really hated about the comic and sort of affected future abc warriors stories but we'll talk about that sort of next week i think that's the best time huh. to talk about it yeah what spe- trivia i'm yeah. very like interested episode 42 progs 137 to 139 november 1979 thrill three ABC Warriors. ABC Warriors. ABC Warriors. Awesome! <laughs> it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. Script robot for ABC Warriors. Pat Mills. Art robot is Mike McMahon. Uh, lettering robots Peter Knight. So, George. Oh, so cool. Giant treads, giant mech. He's a giant robot. He's so big that he actually has a robot brain in each limb, and none of them will work together. So he's basically this gigantic robot uh, rampaging across Mars. Sort of just yeah. Originally, he was brought in for terraforming, yeah, or helping with terraforming. But because his brains are so messed up, he's basically useless. He just sort of spends his time sort of tripping over buildings and destroying them and people yelling like sort of shooing him away like get out of here george and he's like okay he's very depressed it's kind of sad it like he's a really tragic figure honestly yeah it's really sad it gets a little dark later yeah meanwhile independent farmers on mars are being attacked by the powerful biol corporation and only the abc warriors can help them spread the word j7 they're taken down like bio, basically bio fighter jets fly out to um, fly out to farms and raise them with napalm. And the ABC Warriors are sh- shooting those planes out of the sky, but it's it's a losing proposition because they're just being reactive and on defense. They need to find a better way to fight. Just At- want to do a quick shout out to my man Joe Pineapples. Always a one to Joe Pineapples, man. Hell yeah. Um. But at this point, they encounter Big George, and Hammerstein has a plan. They'll go on offense, raise the bio base to the ground, and to do it, they'll need to harness the power of Mad George, and Hammerstein knows just how to do it. Mm-hmm. A1 for sure. Yeah. In the next in the next prog, we open with a pretty sweet poster graph that's basically we oh. see that how the uh, Magnificent Seven have moved to different parts of George's body Voltron-style, essentially. <laughs> 
Like so awesome. Deadlock and Black Blood are on the feet. Joe Pineapples and Happy Shrapnel are the arms. Mongrels in sort of a cockpit in the stomach, and Hammerstein forms the head. LH104. Mm-hmm. I loved that. <laughs> Just left hand. <laughs> Basically, from these positions, they're able to convince the different robot brains around George's body to work together for maximum damage and also use them as, like, fighting platforms and stuff. Um, they roll into the Bio Corporation compound under cover of George's stupid. Like, they, like the Bio's just think it's, it's dumb George, not war god George. And <laughs> war god George! <laughs> and they roll through, destroying everything they come across. Spread the goddamn word. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, not Mad George anymore. It's fighting Mad George, Colossus of Mars. That's right. It's awesome because everybody fights from their position. So, like, deadlocks on, like, swinging off George's foot, like, slicing dudes up and absorbing their life essences and stuff. Like <laughs> um, the battle's almost won. And as it is, George levels with Hammerstein. When the battle is done, leave him to be killed by the remaining soldiers. He couldn't bear the thought of returning to being mad, silly walk George. Because before that, with the different brains, he was basically just like a, uh, a, a living quap game, essentially. Um, yeah. He's happy to have done something good to serve a purpose as a robot, which is the ultimate thing a robot can do. And now he can die happily. Oh. So, the... F- the final prog, George and the bots are ripping up Mars all over. Biosynthetic oh, yeah. food harvest is destroyed. It'll take them years to recover. It's time to go, but as the heavy, but as the bio heavy pers- pursuit tanks ride out to chase them, George asks to stay behind, like he said before, to sacrifice himself and cover their escape. And everybody is like pro this except Hammerstein. Like Blackblood's like some evil guy, and you I mean. Know, the- death- yeah. Deathlock was like, listen, he's he's pretty set, like it sucks and just give him this last yeah. thing. Yeah, they're in favor of it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like you said with differing degrees of enthusiasm. But yeah, they they <laughs> basically they 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 agree to leave him behind. As they sort of run off, they everyone's really sad about it. Um, they see George get pounded by tank fire, and they see like the de- with the the debris of George's destruction flying high into the sky. George oh, wait, is, is that dead. George debris, buddy. That's tank debris. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, because- where's uh, where's our melted friend, the mess? Steelhorn, the mess, left behind in the escape. His flask was hit by tank fire, and he's now flown through and, and, and he's now in, in uh, blah, inculcated himself into George's nervous nervous system the mess's metal body forges connections between George's systems uniting them into one for the first time so now he's a giant all-powerful murder bot oh my god and what does he do he throws tanks around and crushes them and is victorious and oh my god abc warriors he's just picking up tanks and smashing them together and stuff it's so cool spread the word (laughs) with george restored and immediate threats defeated the abc warriors have cleaned up this part of mars spread the word and that's it for the abc warriors fox oh my gosh so Like we talked about last episode, like stresses related to the huge art team for ABC Warriors really caught like was incredibly like stressful and like bothersome and stuff. Just nobody 
could draw this draw this thrill in a reasonable amount of time, essentially. And so it was just a huge headache getting it in, into production, essentially, and, and, and getting it on the page. And- because of this, uh, P- P- Pat Mills basically mothballs these characters, and they'll be out of action for a while. But I love them. I know, buddy. That's why you gotta. That's why we gotta keep doing this show until we get to the uh, mid four hundred progs in nineteen eighty five, when these guys show up in the pages of Nemesis the Warlock, and everything goes insane. Basically, Fuck, I will never stop spreading the word. Like Mark needs to be tamed. Like we're gonna be, we're gonna be a Nemesis the Warlock, and it's gonna be crazy, de- like demons versus evil future church guys, and suddenly Hammerstein's gonna be there, and we're just gonna go crazy. Like that's my prediction. Man, I'm gonna forget because you know me. I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget real hard, and then I'm gonna get like really, really excited. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, set the set your calendars for um. Let's see. Fuck. Uh, Set your calendars for like for like uh, April May uh, 2018 when we're all just gonna gonna go crazy all over the place. <laughs> God, a year. Yeah. Jesus. Ah, uh, so man, with the incredible high of um a- of the finale of ABC Warriors, what can what what can follow that? <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, any prog that is after this. It's, it's going to have a rough time. <laughs> and that was the ABC Warriors. As I mentioned, the Warriors themselves will be back in Prog 555. Though we'll see hints of them beforehand in the weekly progs. For instance, uh, Hammerstein's robuster frenemy Mechquake shows up in Nemesis in a Nemesis the Warlock story in Prog 339. Uh, I continue to always lament the huge gaps between ABC Warriors releases. You know, I know the reason for them and just the production schedule and things like that. But man, this story is one of my favorite 2080 stories, and they're my some of my favorite characters in general. So even even if as time goes by they maybe lose the plot or have some problems going on, they still have a very special place in my heart. And I'm very excited to uh, to get to talk about them again someday in the course of the podcast. Okay, so here are my top moments from the ABC Warriors. It's hard to narrow it down and not just have my uh, a top moment for every single episode in the course of ABC Warriors. But because Fox can't make it today, I'll do four instead of the usual three. So first up, there's Hammerstein. He's the backbone of this story and the one who keeps this band of murderous robots on task and stuff. Um, and I think he's just a great straight man for all of these sort of wacky murder droids that make up the Warriors. He's also the one who makes the hard decisions, whether it's to abandon George and retreat, or like, you know, execute a plague that has taken the form of a small human child. You know, he'll do that too. <laughs> uh, next up, I love Deathlock. He'll become such a huge part of the ABC Warriors in the future, but I love him here just as a badass, mysterious, sword-fighting robot on a dope hover bike. Simultaneously, he he presages both Nemesis the Warlock and Warhammer 40,000, and it's just, oh, he's just so cool because you don't know what he's up or what his motivations are or anything. My third one is uh, the Bon Boons. Like, Dave Gibbons shows up in the middle of this series and he draws cowboys fighting Sasquatches in a style that's very different from anybody else involved in this series. And it really, um, 
establishes a new, a new look for the characters and is really just a, an, an interesting sort of breath of fresh air, I guess. Or, I don't know, maybe just a, an interesting change that lets you appreciate what, what the other uh, artists are doing in the course of the, of, of the comic. Also, just... I love both like an ape man walking around in a teddy boy suit and machines that make tofu steaks that actually are shaped like cows that literally eat like uh, soybeans, soy plants, and then just sort of brew the, the tofu in their, in their bellies. Finally, of course, it's Golgotha. Uh, robots riding armored T-Rexes to do battle on Martian skyscrapers is one of the greatest sentences in the English language, and a scarce depiction of it is masterful. I also love how it's the old-style, like, straight-backed T-Rexes of my youth before our sort of paleontological, our paleon... To logic, thinking about that changed, and and they now became sl uh, the, the sloped over ones we've seen, just because it somehow makes this tale of futuristic murder and violence also strangely nostalgic. <laughs> Uh, finally, yeah, I just want to say, you know, ABC Warriors is one of my favorite ever 2080 storylines. It served as the anchor for the comic in 1979 and featured a ton of creators at the heights of their power. It's a justified classic and worth seeking out. And that's it for our episode. I hope you enjoyed it and our coverage of the ABC Warriors spreading the word. You can find Space Banner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradoline.com. And hey, if you want to spread the word yourself, feel free to contact us at spacebinner 2000 at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages, or in the 2080 forums on Twitter. We're at spacebinner 2 k For everything else, just look up spacebinner 2000 and we should be there. And... For everyone out there, thanks for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for ABC Warriors. ABC Warriors! Splundig Verthrig! <laughs>